You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Good morning, church. There we go. There we go. My name is Ronnie. I serve as the family life pastor here at East Point if we haven't met. Uh, so glad that you're here. I'm so glad to jump into God's Word this morning. This morning we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. And while you turn there, I have a question for you. Have you ever had one of those listen up moments? Right? Some, some of the parents in here are like, yeah, I have those every morning with my kid. They, they never work. Right? But you know what I mean? Like a listen up moment. Like, like the person you're talking to is about to impart some wisdom to you. And so you're ready to hear it. They lean in, you lean in, and you're eager to hear what they say next. And one of the, one of the ways that I've been blessed by this church is the, the older men who have, who have walked where I'm walking now, who have been where I'm at now, and, and are gracious enough to impart some of their wisdom, their experience to me. And so I'm thankful for that. But for all, all the godly wisdom there is available the, the world is more than ready and more than available to impart its wisdom on you as well. I had one of those, those listen-up moments the, the summer after I graduated high school. I was two weeks away from going to college. I was over at, for dinner at a friend's house, and, and his cousin walks in with, it, with his wife, carrying one of his daughters in his arm, the other holding her hand as he walked beside him. Said, you, you, you ready to go to college? He's like, now, now listen up. Cherish every moment of it. Moment of it. It's, it. it's the best years of your life. Wisdom, right? It sounded good. And I, I know what he meant, right? It's like four, four years, six, depending on how smart you are, right? But it goes by fast. Cherish every moment of it. It's wisdom. But my only problem with that wisdom was that he was saying those things. He was look back in, looking back in the past at, at college and saying that was the best moments of his life when he's got his, his two daughters in his arms walking next to his wife. That's the wisdom you wanted to impart to me? That's wisdom? Church, all around you, the world is ready to impart its wisdom on you. It's ready to impart its wisdom on your kids. It's wisdom about what you should believe. It's wisdom about what you should prioritize. It's, it's wisdom about what you should identify as. It's wisdom about who you are, what's important in life. Church, we, we, we need real wisdom. And we need to know where to find it. This morning we turn to Proverbs 2 and we take a look at wisdom from God in the way of the world. Wisdom from God in the way of the world. And the first thing we see is that those who long for wisdom are brought close to God. Those who long for wisdom are brought close to God. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom... And inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. 
If you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. So last week, the author of our text, he introduced us to a lady, right? Lady Wisdom. And she wasn't hard to spot, right? She, she was calling out in the streets. She was raising her voice in the markets, speaking outside the city gate. Right? If, we, if we read Proverbs 1 correctly, it seems like Solomon is saying that you would need to go out of your way to avoid wisdom. Today we turn to Proverbs 2 and, and the wise king Solomon, he, he, Solomon is speaking to his son and it almost seems like he's saying, son, you need to go out and get wisdom. Wisdom is not just something you're going to stumble upon. It's not just something that's going to find you. You need to grab wisdom by the horns. In chapter 1, it's wisdom that's crying. It's wisdom that's raising her voice. Now he's saying, no, you must call out to her. You must raise your voice to her. You must seek her. You must search for her. It's like we're back in the dating world again, right? We don't know who's pursuing who. Is wisdom something we just stumble into, stumble upon, or do we pursue it? Today we see that, yes, it's wisdom that's calling out to you. Yes, it's wisdom that's crying out to you. But wisdom's calls and wisdom's cries mean nothing. They communicate nothing if they fall on deaf ears. Wisdom is calling. Will you listen? And so Solomon's talking to his son here, Solomon. And you remember Solomon, right? He's, he's the king that, that asked God for wisdom so that he could lead God's people well. So that he could distinguish between what's right and wrong, what's good and evil. And God liked his request, so he granted his request. He gave him wisdom. And, and parents, like many of us, he wants to impart his wisdom onto his son. He wants his son to be wise. And, and you know one of the ways I, I know that Solomon is wise? Other than the, the Bible explicitly saying that he's wise. He's giving this lesson to his son, and the whole time he's formatted it into a poem. Right? If you, the, chapter 2, it's, it's a Hebrew poem. Right? I somehow wound up in a conversation the other night with my two-year-old about the Trinity. All right? I don't know how we got there. But there was no poem out of my lips. Unless you count the ums that rhymed with ums. There was no poem. I was lucky if I could get out a sentence. But Solomon's here. Why is Solomon? And he's imparting wisdom to his son, and he's using these if-then statements, these, these conditional statements, you know? If you do this, then this will happen. If this, then this. And he says, first, my son, if you receive my words, if you make your ear attentive to wisdom, in other words, take a humble posture. Remember the difference between this and this? If you, if you receive my words, if you welcome my words, if you accept my words. And we know that, yes, humanly speaking, this is Solomon talking to his son. But we also know that behind every word written by a human hand in the Bible is the divine breath of an all-knowing God. And an all-knowing God knew that you would be here today, knew that you would be listening to his words today. And an all-knowing God is asking, will you listen? Will you receive my words? If you just receive my words, 
you make your ear attentive to wisdom. Next, he says, if you treasure up my commandments, if you incline your heart to understanding. In other words, he's not, he's not, just, he's not just talking about the ear now. Not just talking about accepting God's words. He's moving from the ear to the heart. This is loving God's words. This is, this is cherishing God's words. This is turning your heart in a way that has affection for understanding God's words. And, and notice it's not just his words, right? He says his commandments. He says love the words that require you to do something. Parents, you can talk to your son or daughter all day long. and they, they love the sound of your voice. You can read them stories and they, they love the sound of your voice. You can sing them songs and they love the sound of your voice. But the moment you ask them to do something, buddy, go, go, go put your diaper in the trash. Right? They don't want us to receive your words quite so easily then. They don't welcome your words then. Solomon is saying, cherish the words that require you to do a four-letter word that we don't come into this world liking to do. Obey. Don't just receive God's words. Treasure up his commandments because obedience is not just pleasing to God. It's good for us. Treasure up his commandments. Incline your ear to understanding. Next he says, if you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, you see how he moves from the more, the more passive actions of, of receiving and, and treasuring up. Now to calling out, to, to, to raising your voice. Now you're making a scene. Your hunger for understanding, your hunger for wisdom is causing a disturbance. He's saying wisdom calls out, but you have to call back. Wisdom's call demands a response. It's not something you stumble into. It's something you call out to. If you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, finally, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. You ever lose something? Right, like misplace a cell phone? Right, don't remember where you put the TV remote? Parents, you, you look up and your kid's not there? Right, what happens? Consumes your mind, right? Becomes your top priority, your only priority. And so you search for the remote. You seek the phone. You hunt your kid down. You search for your kid until you find your kid. And Solomon is saying here, he's saying, search for wisdom, search for God's wisdom, hunt it down, track it down, let it consume it, you let it be your top priority. In other words, he's saying all of this to convey the point that you must pursue wisdom, you must long for wisdom with everything you've got, your ears, your eyes, your heart, your voice, everything. And so there's the ifs. There's the ifs. Now we get to the when. Verse 5. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then you will have this unmatched awe, this reverence, this respect for God and an intimate personal relationship with him as father. 
If you do these things, then this will happen. There's two ways to respond. Really only two. There are those of us who get to verse 5. We sit through the ifs and we get to the then. And we long for that. We long for just a little bit more knowledge of how holy and how glorious and how powerful and how loving and how perfect and how compassionate and how merciful God is. And we long to just just to be loved by God more and know God's love more and to love him more. We long for that. We get to the then and we couldn't ask for anything more. And then there's those who sit through the, the ifs Get to the then, they hear the then, they they sit back in their chairs in a a slouch of disappointment. That's it? That's it? Wisdom can't give me more than that. I was hoping for a little bit more than that. Is there anything else? I want to chart the course of my own life. That's what I wanted wisdom's help with. I wanted to live for myself. That's what I wanted wisdom's help with. I wanted people to fear me, to respect me, to be in awe of me, to desire me. That's what I wanted wisdom's help with. Fear of the Lord. Knowledge of God. Church, my question to you this morning is if wisdom, if your search for wisdom, your pursuit of wisdom culminated in a personal relationship with a loving, heavenly Father, a holy God, and nothing more than that, would that be enough? Would that satisfy you? Those who long for wisdom are brought close to God. And you you know what God does? For those that he brings close to himself, he gives them wisdom. Right? Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Your longing for wisdom will bring you close to God and God will give you wisdom because he wants his children to be wise. And if we ever face the the, the ever-threatening temptation to think that it's due to our own efforts, our own spiritual astuteness, Solomon makes it clear. For the Lord gives wisdom. It's the Lord that gives wisdom. And Solomon, Solomon's aware of this himself, right? He prayed to God, asked for wisdom, and God gave it to him. Why? Because he wanted to? Did Solomon deserve it? No. Did Solomon earn it? No. If you remember, he fell far short of God's perfect standard. Right? Loved himself some ladies. No, but God, a gracious God, 
gave wisdom to his child, for the Lord gives wisdom. And do you know how he gives it? Here, buddy, here's a savings bond. Put this towards your college fund. Go get yourself some wisdom. No. No, he gives us his word. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. But, but, you, but you and I know many people, many people with Bibles on their bookshelves, with Bibles on their nightstands, who have God's word but certainly lack wisdom. I had a Bible on my bookshelf for most of my childhood. My teenage years, my early 20s, still did a lot of stupid things. Verse 10, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. You see, you can you read the words in these, this book, but without a heart that has been changed by God, regenerated from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, that's all these these will just be just words. That all, that's all that this will just be, just a book. But if you have fallen in love with Jesus, if you have given your life to the one who gave up his life, God doesn't just give you this book. He doesn't just give you his words. He gives you a heart that loves his words, a heart that cherishes his words. And he gives you the ability by his spirit to understand his words, and not only to understand his words, but to put into practice his words, to live them out. He gives you a mind that not only understands righteousness and justice and equity in every good path, but a mind that loves those things, a heart that loves those things. Why? Because God himself loves those things, and he wants his children to love those things. Those who long for wisdom are brought close to God. Pursue wisdom, get God. Get God, get changed by God. Get changed by God, get wisdom. Wisdom is calling. Will you listen? It's a simple, that's simple, right? Pursue wisdom. Desire wisdom. Long wisdom. Wisdom's calling. Will you listen? Listen. And many of us have responded to the call of wisdom. The only problem is that every day you go out and there's another voice. You face the cause of something else where wisdom is calling out, crying out. There is someone there alongside of her trying to drown out her voice. There's someone there trying to disguise their voice as hers, mimicking the sound of her voice to communicate an entirely different message. But look at this. Those who are given wisdom are protected from the world. Those who are given wisdom are protected from the world. Verse 11, discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So Solomon, he's explaining to his son here. 
And God's explaining to us some benefits of having wisdom. Some ways that wisdom protects us. It protects those whom God has given it to. And so the first thing that he says it protects us from is from the way of evil. Men of perverted speech. Some of the wives in here are like, yep, sitting next to one of them. Right? Like, Lord, protect us from the perverts, right? Is that, is that all he's talking about here? Men who crack some vulgar jokes? What's, what, what's he mean? That seems oddly specific if he is. No, he says these men of perverted speech are, are people who, who walk in darkness. Who forsake the paths of uprightness. Who delight in evil. Who rejoice in evil. Who are devious in their ways. And with the goal of bringing others along with them, they use their lips to pervert the truth, to twist the truth, to turn the truth upside down on its head. His voice slithered into the way, it slithered its way into the garden, casting doubt on God's goodness. Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? Adam and Eve were familiar with his voice. You are too. It's the voice that calls good what God calls sin. It's the voice that offers new definitions for things that God's already defined. It's the voice that rationalizes wrongdoing. You've done nothing wrong. They deserved it. It's the voice that says you've already done it once. Why not keep doing it? Why not do it one more time? It's the voice that looks at the Bible and asks, would God really say that? It's the voice that scoffs at what the Bible calls wise and celebrates what the Bible calls foolish. Adam and Eve heard his voice in the garden. You hear his voice at the workplace. Your kids hear his voice at school. But praise God that those who long for wisdom are brought close to God and those who are brought close to God are given wisdom and those who are given wisdom are protected from the world. Solomon is saying here that God gives his children wisdom. He gives them discretion. He gives them understanding. Not so they can make the, the, the Bible quiz team. Not so they can store up a bunch of biblical knowledge never to be put into practice. Not so they can win a theological argument with somebody from another denomination. Do you know why God gives you wisdom? To protect you. To protect you. He gives you wisdom to be able to sense when, when something doesn't align with his ways. To be able to distinguish between good and evil, right and wrong, things he loves and things he hates. To be able to sniff out the foolishness that the world disguises as wisdom. Those who are given wisdom are protected from the world. They're protected from people who pervert the truth. They're protected from a culture that sells you lies. Friends, are you protected? Can you send your kids out into the world knowing that they're protected? Come to God. Come to wisdom. Wisdom is calling. Will you listen? 
Look what he says next. He gets even more specific with, with his next application of wisdom's protection. Right? Verse 16. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who come to her None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Wisdom will protect you from the forbidden woman. And so the word forbidden here in, in the Hebrew, it means, means strange. From the strange woman. So first Solomon's talking about perverted men. And now he's talking about strange with, with women, Right? Like guys, like single guys, is this something you, you should pray? Is this a verse you should pray before you open up your dating app, right? Lord, just, Lord, protect me from the strange ones. Right? Is that what he's saying? What's he, what's he saying? BSV translated forbidden because this is an unauthorized woman. This woman's off limits. She's got no trespassing signs and caution tapes surrounding her. And she's an adulteress. One who has forsaken her companion and forgotten her covenant. The God-ordained covenant of marriage between one man and one woman means nothing to her. And because it means nothing to her, she wants it to mean nothing to you either. We've got to be careful here. Because where Lady Wisdom was calling out in the streets, easy to spot, The forbidden woman softly whispers to you as she hides in the shadows. Look at how she operates with smooth words. It's a smile with a a subtle compliment. It's a flattering word, a sudden appeal to the ego. The forbidden woman doesn't cry out to you, come to me, come to the dark side. Forsake your God, forsake your wife, destroy your family. She's much more subtle than that. She pulls you in by laughing at your jokes at the water cooler. She lends you a sympathetic ear at your desk. She provides a safe space for you to process emotions over the phone. Before long, harmless flirting leads to longing to see her. Before you know it, you're going exactly where she's already gone before. Forsaking the companion of her youth, forgetting the covenant of her God. Till death do us part. Turns into honey, I think we need to talk. Saving yourself for marriage turns into, I think we've gone too far. To step foot into her house is to sink down to death. And outside of the the redeeming grace of a Savior who went down to death himself so that you could live, so that you could be forgiven, none who come to her go back. But praise God that if you devote yourself to pursuing wisdom, you find God. 
And God gives you wisdom. And with the gift of wisdom, God protects you. Those who are given wisdom are protected from the world. They're protected from the forbidden woman. Men, is your marriage protected? Women, is your marriage protected? Singles, are you protected from what God is calling you to save for marriage? Wisdom is called. Are you listening? And so finally, Solomon ends his, his little lesson here to his son with, a, with an air of confidence. Verse 20, he says, So you will walk in the way of good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Difficult to tell exactly what Solomon's tone is here, right? Like if this was you or I talking to our kids, it might be like, like, no, you are going to walk on the path of good, right? Is that what Solomon's saying here? No, he's confident. He's confident in his son. He's not just confident in his son. More so, he's confident in God because God protects your path. Another way that God protects you is he protects your path. And so he's confident. If we are brought into the family of God, he ensures that we will stay in the family, that we will remain in the land, that we will inherit the land, that one day Jesus will come back. He will gather his church. He will bring you with him. And on that day, you will begin eternity in heaven with Jesus, not having to be protected by Jesus because there will be nothing to be protected from. But for those who in their complacency, seeing no need for God, who turn away from God, the Bible makes clear. They'll be cut off from the land. They'll be rooted out of it. And when we see those words wicked, treacherous, and we think, yeah, the the murderers, the serial killers. But you know these people. We were these people. Anybody not saved by Jesus Christ is this person, the wicked, the treacherous. Those who are given wisdom are protected from the world. They're protected from the evil path. And so there it is. Wisdom from God and the way of the world. Proverbs chapter 2. Many times we, we talk about pursuing things in life. And that, that process of pursuing them kind of gets complicated, Right? Like, like, like pursue knowledge, all right? Like what area of knowledge do I pursue? What classes do I take? What, what degree do I need to get? 
What books do I need to read? What podcasts do I need to listen to? Who do I need to talk to? Pursue relationships. How do I know if she likes me? How do I know if I like her? How do I know if I'm coming off too strong? How do I know if I'm not coming off strong enough? But God's calling us to pursue wisdom. To pursue wisdom. And it would be a tragedy today if you left here not knowing how to do it. And so Proverbs, as we go on, it's going to get more specific. A lot of wisdom, a lot of practical advice, a lot of practical words from God. But from Proverbs chapter 2, here it is. As simple as I can make it. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to God, and it's through Jesus. And God gives us wisdom, which means that there's only one way to get wisdom, and that's through Jesus, the wisest man to ever walk the earth because he wasn't just a man. Inside that man was was an all-knowing God, an all-powerful God the infinitely wise God of the universe. Receive Jesus. Come to Jesus. Treasure up Jesus. Turn your heart to Jesus. Incline your ear to Jesus. Call out for Jesus. Raise your voice to Jesus. Seek Jesus. Search for Jesus. Then you will be brought close to God. Then you will be protected from the world. Wisdom is calling. Are you listening? Father, Thank you for your love for us that sees us and that sees the world and that knows we need protecting, that knows we need wisdom, that knows we need a Savior. Father, I thank you for all those here that have pursued wisdom, that are pursuing wisdom, Father, that are pursuing you, Jesus. And I pray that if anyone is here And they haven't done that. Father, would you bring them to you? Would you place in their heart a hunger for wisdom, a hunger for Jesus, Father, and honor their request? You've promised us wisdom. You've promised us protection given us your son. Father, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.